deer instead of a deer head that's mounted on the wall. And it goes where it wants to. And it cuts both ways. And it doesn't fit in our little box. And we're disappointed. But here's what disappointment in God does. It, it pulls us out of the stream of joy. It, it takes our Easter joy away from us. I think that God has a stream of joy. He wants us to flow in abundant life. He wants us to, stro- to flow in. And when we get all pouty faced because we're disappointed with things don't go our way, it's like verse 17 says the travelers look sad. King James Version says their faces were downcast. And, and I think we, it's like we get pulled out of the stream of joy and we're sitting on the bank with our lips stuck out. Like, you know. So maybe you're thinking this morning about this passage of scripture and you're thinking, that's a pretty good description of where I am right now. I'm just kind of disappointed. I'm disappointed, honestly, if I'm saying I'm disappointed in God because I wanted it to go this way, it went that way. And I know I'm supposed to be joyful and everything. Here, here we are, we're singing hymns of praise, but I don't feel much like praising. Well, the good news is there's a road back to Easter. And the road to Emmaus tells us something about that. Here's what Cleopas and his friend did. One is they had fellowship. When we have fellowship together with one another, then it, 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 does, it somehow opens our hearts up. When we're just kind of collapsed in on ourselves, it, it, it just closes us up all But when we can talk it out, you know, verses 14 and 15 says that they were walking along and they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. If we want to get back to where we need to get with God, then fellowship and dialogue with other, other people is going to help us a lot along the way. You know, when things go bad, and you find yourself disappointed, the first thing the devil wants to do is kind of cut you from the herd and let you go off by yourself. Kind of like Pastor Andrew was talking about Thomas last week. He, Thomas is off by himself, pout. The rest of the disciples got to see the risen Christ. So find somebody you can talk to. Find somebody, find somebody you can be completely honest with. You can be yourself. Go on a walk with that person. And pretend that you're walking to Emmaus. Fellowship is so important. Sometimes I think in church, we reduce fellowship down to to having a fellowship meal together. And y'all know I love having fellowship meals together. Can I get an amen with that for the food? Yeah. So, um, but it's more than just eating together. It's, It's opening, having dialogue, talking about our feelings in a place that's safe to do so. It's... You need to talk with somebody that's, it's safe for you to say, you know what, I'm just, I just think God dropped ball on this. And people that still love you if you're just having a bad day. When we have fellowship, our hearts start to open. And here's the good thing about that. We can entertain the possibility that we might be the ones who need to change instead of God. When we have fellowship, another great thing about that is where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there. 
So Cleopas and his friend were walking along the road to Emmaus, and then all of a sudden, somebody's walking with them, and it's Jesus. Verse 16 says they were kept from recognizing him. I always wondered what kept them from recognizing Jesus. And, and sometimes I think it was a divine thing that, that God kept them from recognizing so that Jesus could go all the way back to Moses and from Moses on through all the prophets explain where he fit into all of that picture to let them put on their mining hats and dig the truth from scripture. Sometimes I think that's why. Sometimes I think maybe it was their lack of faith and their lack of vision because sometimes we can't see beyond what we could imagine and our imaginations are too small sometimes. We can only imagine kind of earthly things. They could only imagine that earthly political kingdom but Jesus was calling so much more out of them. But there Jesus was with them all along. Have you ever looked in hindsight back to something sometime in your life and you thought you were all by yourself and then when you look back on it, you realize that he was there all the time, that there was an opportunity that was disguised as a problem are you with me this morning? There's an opportunity disguised as a problem that Jesus was there. He was there not because you're so special, but because he's so faithful. Then notice the next step they took. Well, they had fellowship, but they also served. They served. That's when our hearts really start to open. That's when attitudes really start to change. When we stop focusing on our disappointment and, and our um, mully grubs, and then we start to serve somebody else. And if we're going to be transformed back into joyful witnesses for Christ and become Easter people again, then look, look at verse 28. Look what they did. They were approaching the village of Emmaus, it was getting dark. And Jesus went like he was just going to keep on going. And they said, no, wait. They, verse 29, they, they urged him strongly, stay with us. Stay with us. Evening's almost here. Come on in and, and we'll share hospitality with you. So opening their homes to a stranger and, and giving hospitality was the, the next step in opening their hearts. See, I think, I believe that service is a means of grace, that it's an avenue, a pipeline for the blessings of God to come in our lives. Because have you ever been to a place where you didn't really feel like it, but then you started doing it, and then as you were doing it, the more you did it, the more joy you felt because you were serving. It's easier, there's an old saying, it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than it is to think your way into a new way of acting. But I don't feel like it. I feel like somebody else ought to do it. I'm tired. Well, serve until you do feel like it and then do because you do. John Wesley used to tell his preachers, preach faith until you have it, then preach it because you have it. 
and the sacraments. Last week was so beautiful. We observed the sacrament of baptism. That little sweet baby, every single time baptism, the waters of baptism are given, it is a means of grace. It's something beautiful that happens. Something beautiful happens. And then our other sacrament we have is the Lord's Supper. It just opened their eyes. You see, they, they opened their homes, they opened their hearts, and then they sat down, and, and it wasn't just supper. Because Jesus became the host, you know? Jesus became the host. He took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And all of a sudden, our minds and our hearts are transported back to the upper room, and we hear the echoes of Jesus saying, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. And then all of a sudden, they had clarity. They saw Jesus. Their eyes were opened. And then Jesus disappeared from their sight. And they said, weren't our hearts burning when Jesus was explaining the scripture to us? And Cleopas says, yeah, I thought that was just because we ate burritos for lunch. But it wasn't. That was funnier when I said it in my head. <laughs> but it was because Jesus was opening our hearts to the scripture. When we share in the sacraments, like the Lord's Supper or baptism, sometimes it's just a moment of clarity and we can see. The last step to Easter is actually telling somebody about it. Actually telling somebody, witnessing. You know, when, when, when we're down in the mouth, we're disappointed with God, we're, we're bitter and we're sad. We're witnessing, but we're just witnessing for the wrong side. But did you see that they got up immediately? We know it was dark, it was supper time. They got up immediately and they went back seven miles back down the road to Jerusalem. This time they were happy, their feet were happy and joyful. They were dragging their feet going to Emmaus and they were hopping and skipping and running on the way back to Jerusalem. And this time, the four words that they used were different. On the way to Emmaus, the four words they used were, but we had hoped. This time, the four words they used in verse 34 were, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. having an eye-opening experience of the risen Lord and not telling somebody about it is like running a race and not crossing the finish line. Mm -mm -mm. We carry around a load of disappointments sometimes. But I want to tell you, every Sunday is Easter Sunday. Every Sunday is a celebration of the risen Christ. So I'm going to say something to you, and I want you to respond back to me. What I'm saying to you, what I'm going to say to you is Christ is risen, and then I want you to hear, I want to hear you say hallelujah, okay? I want, and I want you to say it like you're a Pentecostal, not a Methodist, right? Okay? Are you ready? Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Welcome back to Easter. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for a reason to celebrate. Thank you, risen Lord, for walking with us even when we don't realize it. 
Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to the truth of your word and connecting the dots for us in a way we can't do on our own. Thank you, Lord, for good friends that listen to us and hear us and love us just the way we are. And Lord, our, our final request is that you would abide with us. Abide with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to sing the closing hymn. This hymn was written about that passage of scripture that I just read it. We just talked about. It's number 700, Abide With Me. Will you stand as you're able as we sing our closing hymn? Abide with me.
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.